Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Episode 640. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Rocky Garza Jr. In this episode, Rocky and I will look at the Spurs' last two wins and the backup center position. Let's go ahead and jump, jump right into this episode with Rocky. Rocky, how are you doing? Good, Paul. How are you today? I'm doing well. You know, welcome to the Spurs Cast. Uh, this is your first time here on the on the Spurs Cast. Which is the Spurs Cast listeners are we're introducing a, a new member from from our team at Project Spurs. Rocky's been riding with us for a while. Can you just give the, the listeners some background info um, on you, Rocky? Yeah, so I recently started writing just uh, as a freelance journalist just last year. I've hit a year so far. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to get a chance with Michael, um, I believe, several months ago, starting in March. I was kind of nerve-wracking because I had been asking Michael, like, hitting him up, even though I didn't know who he was. And I'm just fortunate enough to get these opportunities that Project Spurs has presented me, which has allowed me to hop on the podcast today with you. And also uh, be on Sweet Bleed Radio with Rudy Campos, which has been pretty cool and exciting. Nice, yeah, Rudy has that show going on on Sundays. Yes, uh, Spurs cast listeners, so again, if you've been visiting Project Spurs for the last few months, you have seen Rocky's writing on there, and, and this year, uh, for this season, he's been he's been providing um, um, weekly um, um, previews of like the games that are upcoming for the week and kind of how the Spurs are doing, and you've been giving uh, your predictions. So yeah, so make sure you check out Rocky's work over on Project Spurs. So yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right into this episode, Rocky. Uh, so topic one, Spurs cast listeners, the latest games and team updates. There hasn't been that many because I last recorded on Saturday, so, so basically there's only been one game played since my last uh, since the last Spurs cast. Uh, the Spurs, though, did win. They went 1-0 since that last Spurs cast. Let's go back to Monday now, a few nights ago. And Rocky and I, I do want to note, are recording this on a, on a Wednesday evening. Uh, the Spurs picked up a comfortable win over the Washington Wizards by 18 points. The Wizards were favored by 2.5, and, and the Spurs did fall behind by 10 early on in the game. Then they ended up coming back and building an 18-point lead late. Uh, and so what's notable about this is that this is the first time this entire season the Spurs have actually come back from a double-digit deficit. Uh, they were, they're, they're now 1-12 because I know that's something I mentioned where they've been bas- they were basically um, winless whenever that happened. Uh, and they're now actually 5-1 um, and one when holding opponents below 100 points. So, bit, so, gets, so the, the fact that they have six wins and five of them have come because they play that lockdown defense has been a big part of them finding some success. Uh, and then Derek White in this in this night against Washington on Monday, he had a season high twenty four points. Um, he scored twelve of his points in the paint, being very aggressive, attacking the Wizards' defense. And then also he's got his three point shot going for this game, where he made nine points from three. Even Coach Pop after the game after the game basically said Derek White is back to being the Derek White that, that the Spurs know. So so we'll see now if that car- that goes forward. Uh, Rocky, what were your thoughts on this this win over the Wizards? 
Yeah, so um, I, I thought Derek White, you know, kind of kind of redeemed himself. You know, he's been getting flack from the whole, I guess, not really the team, but just from fans of how poor his play has been. And the whole workload has really just been on DeJounte, you know. But I'm glad to see Derek White get his confidence back. I, I as that quote that you saw from Pop, uh, he, I think they were talking about how Derek was feeling it himself since that foot injury. So you really saw that Derek White attack in that third quarter where he just had a, you know, one of the best games of his career. So going into the next game against Portland, we have to see that if he's going to carry that confidence and he should have an advantage coming into this game because you know there's going to be no Damian Lillard and just only going to be CJ. So we'll have to see what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. So again, it will, again, we'll see if that carries forward for Derek. Is something Rocky and I will talk about a little bit. He's actually put put together two solid games, and we'll see if that's the same going forward. Um, so now some other notes. Um, you know, the, so basically, how did they do the team since I last recorded? They should have gone zero and one according to Vegas. They ended up, um, you know, going one and zero. So they got, they got that win. It's notable. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but it's a two game winning streak. Finally, some positives for this team. Uh, again, a, a two game winning streak doesn't sound like much, but right now in this season for the Spurs, that's like a big deal uh, because it is their first winning streak of the season. So right now they are sixth and thirteenth through nineteen games on the season. They're twelfth out west, so they did, they did move up since uh, last that last episode. They're still three and a half games out of tenth for that play-in game, um, and actually Denver's actually fallen to tenth as as Rocky and I record this. Um, as far as the lottery odds, well, if the Spurs win games, that means that their pick, um, you know, later on down the line uh, does get a little bit does get worse. So right now they have the sixth worst record in the NBA, which uh, gives them a thirty seven percent chance at top four and the nine percent chance at number one. Um, on offense, they're twenty first. They moved up a little bit and then defense they're kind of still right there at league average at 15th uh so some notes on some players that are injured uh, co- uh not the, not coach pop but but the uh, spurs did uh put um doug mcdermott and devin vassell on their uh, on the injury report but as probable so, so they've saved they've continued to improve and like like coach pop said it, they, they're both not going to be out for a long time uh um with these with these injuries that they're sustaining right now uh rocky did you have any comments on either the record or, or just how they're doing no, I mean, like you said, it's pretty good that they're on a two-game winning streak. You know, they need all the confidence they can. You know, they're coming into the season, you there was a couple questions of who was going to take over the team. You've seen DeJounte have it step up and take that leadership role, but there were still questions on, you know, who was going to be the closer and the, and the stud of the team. Um, and some opinions and some fans uh, have seen, you know, DeJounte has been the closer so far, but... Do they spend so inconsistent on closing games, and the record shows for it? You know they've been in those close games, but mm-hmm. it's just them learning how to get over that curve to grow together. So I mean, two game winning streak. It may not seem a lot to you know NBA casual fans or any other team, but I mean that's just something that's going to be boosting their confidence and help them get better as they go. For sure, yeah, no, no, for sure, I agree with you 100 percent there. Uh, let's move on to our second topic, and again, it's just two wins, but I, I, you know, you, you do, you do want to look at some commonalities. Of what's going on here in these two wins? Kind of what's, what, what, what are we seeing in, in some of the data uh, for the Spurs to get these two wins? So, um, you know, offense it has been much. They're still, you know, they're still not sco- scoring a lot. They have, they still have a lot of their same issues. One thing though that I, that I did notice in both wins against Boston and, and Washington was that they kept their turnovers low. I know that they've been having some, even though they they only average about 13 turnovers a night. The fact that they kept it at 10 and 11 turnovers in each of those games was a good sign because then the, the defense can't get out and, and um, you know get those 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 points off turnovers so, so so that's a good sign for the Spurs offensively is that they've been they've been having better ball security that's probably also goes back to to Derek White playing very well as well uh, and then defense is really really making their mark here why why they're getting these wins like I mentioned when they play that elite defense holding a team below 100 points they're, they're getting five of their five of their six wins from those nights uh, so what am I noticing here um, you know they're limiting opponent points from three so again Boston didn't shoot well from the three-point line and they didn't take that many attempts same thing for uh, Washington 
Um, and then, uh, you know, like, like I mentioned there, both of those teams shot 29% each, uh, on that night uh, against the Spurs. So, so that's, that's, that's one, um, strength for the Spurs in the, in these games. Uh, the opponents are struggling to finish in the paint, and this is probably attributed to Jakob Pertl finally being back. So, so Jakob's now been in his fifth game since, re- since returning to the team off, um, health and safety protocols. And so we see that, 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 uh, the opponents, when they get to the rim, they're having a lot of trouble finishing there in the paint. Uh, the Spurs have done a great job in these two wins of keeping the opponent off the free throw line. Boston and Washington didn't get that many free throw attempts. Um, they've also held both opponents below 100, like I mentioned earlier. They, they've really done a great job in transition of, of um, you know, Boston only had six uh, fast break points, and then Washington had zero, which was uh, the best number for the Spurs defense so far this year. And then also, the Spurs have done a better job, not just against these two teams, but lately in about five of the last six games, they've done a great job of limiting the, the amount of threes that are attempted wide open from their opponents. So, so that's something that I've also seen a decline in the percentage. Uh, did you have any comments there, Rocky, on either the offense or defense in the last, these last two games? No, I'm just glad to see the defense is picking up. You know, with Jakob's return, you saw the defense kind of struggle on, in that uh, around the rim. You know, when the Jakob was out, you know, the, uh, Drew Eubanks is a respectable defender, and you saw that. You know, when uh, when they were playing the Wizards, you know, he had pretty good showing off the bench. But Jakob is just he's just all around, and you can see that that when he's not on the team on the court, he's really affecting the team. So I'm glad to see that Jakob was back. You know, to help the team, but. Uh, I, everything you said, you know, it's it's really helping the Spurs, you know, just close out, and it's going to be a factor for them down the stretch. Yeah, and so some other some other um, you know notes that I've noted in, again in these two in these two games is uh you know we, we've already mentioned Yaka being back defensively. Uh, also, the fact that like Dejounte, Derek White, and Kelton have been have been like basically their three go to players on offense here. Uh, Dejounte, and again, it's only two games, so it's a very small sample size. Dejounte is averaging twenty five point five points in these last two games. Derek White's averaging twenty point five, and he and he's the key player there because he 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 hadn't been averaging those kind of numbers. And then Kelton's been stable as well, um, with with averaging fifteen points in these last two games. So the fact that they have two players um, scoring uh, over 20 points and then plus you got Kelton there at 15 uh, and, and another another note that you know you really have to, to give some credit to another player should I say is uh, is Kata Bates job I know that you know whenever I, I, I release uh, whenever Coach Pop uh, says who's going to start since Doug McDermott's been out a lot of fans get upset I see in my Twitter mentions because uh, Kata Bates job continues to start and actually you got to remember Kata Bates job is a good defender he's not a bad defender and so he's actually we're seeing that in some of this data and why I think that the Spurs are having these nights where they're holding the opponent below 100 points so when we just look at some some initial data, we do see that um, the Spurs are a plus fifteen point four points per one hundred per cleaning the glass in seventy nine possessions. The Kade Bates job starting uh, alongside Yaka Pertle and Dejounte, Derek White, and Kelton Johnson on offense. Uh, you know the Spurs still have their issues there, one hundred seven point six points per one hundred. But it's their defense that is playing elite defense whenever Kade is starting. They're holding teams to ninety two point two points per one hundred on defense. So this is a, a big difference because yes, we know that McDermott is the better offensive player compared to Bates job, but Bates job, you know. Is by far in all the different stats, deflection, steals, defensive field goal percentage, contested shots, blocks, fouls, defensive rebounds. Bates job just, uh, you know, uh, per 36, uh, Bates job just definitely outplays McDermott in a lot of those different stats. So so I think that's something that, that, that's a player who's not getting a lot of credit right now is, is Kata Bates job. And it is going to be interesting um, once McDermott does get healthy and he returns if Coach Pop continues uh, with, with Bates job there because it's a better defensive team with the starting five or if he wants to have more so to, to bring the offense up by providing more spacing with McDermott. Rocky, what are your thoughts on on that issue um you know once uh, mcdermott comes back i think it's a good issue for coach pop to have you know obviously doug mcdermott's a better off- offensive weapon as you mentioned and spreads the floor better but i mean i think bates Yeba has earned himself some minutes off the bench you know looking at last game you saw thaddeus was a thaddeus and, and trey jones were the leading two off the bench with 14 and 13 minutes so it'll be interesting to see you know how many minutes bates the up gets from when mcdermott comes back 
Um, another thing I wanted to add is with White, if he continues White, if White continues to play good, it's only going to help you know the rest of the lineup. You you would see mm-hmm. Kelden more you know getting less defense attention if White's taking over that taking over that role, and that's only going to help Kelden and say a Devin Vassell grow. And and then if you continue to have Jakob stay healthy and guard the rim around, you're only going to see everyone else thrive and be able to help Dejounte. And I think lastly, you know, you speak of Dejounte. Dejounte is really proving to be, as I mentioned, that leader. And he's he's just you know walking triple double as he goes, and he's only going to keep getting better. You know, some fans thought he was ready to hit his ceiling, but he's proving that he's taking over the whole team. But I, I personally, um, when I when I wrote an article about Bates D up last year. I didn't think that you know he would be coming back to the team, and mm-hmm. and but you know you see that Bates Diep, Bates Diep is proving that he has earned himself in the rotation, and it should it should also be you know interesting to if Drew Eubanks gets some minutes taken away from him, um, or even Jock Lando, but Jock Lando hasn't even uh, seen the floor yeah. this year, and it's been kind of strange because you know they that was one of their big acquisitions, and a lot of fans thought oh you know he can shoot, he saw it in the Olympics, but he, there's uh, no question I guess why Pop's not really playing him. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, so I'll say the Jock, um, you know, my comments on Jock in a little bit. I think I think I think we're g- that we might see a solution to when he eventually gets minutes, but it's definitely not going to be right now. And I just have one more thing to say just on, on the starting five with, with base job is just the fact that like there's no minus the defender to, a, a defender that teams can target because you look at Dejounte and and Kelden and I mean not Dejounte, Derek and Jakob. Those are three of their you know three of the better defenders on this team, uh, and obviously even even in the in the NBA they're showing to become um so, you know some some of the better defenders in the league. Then you have Kelden who's 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 you know he's solid. He's not he's not a bad defender, but he's just solid. He does all his numbers you know on the team uh, are pretty well defensively, so he's not a minus either. And then now you have Bates Job again, who's a very solid defender. He, he's not going to be a weakness where teams are going to try to target him. Whereas McDermott, we are you know. Again, like I said, he's just he's just not he's there for his offense and his and his shooting and his able to his, his ability to cut off the ball. So I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch is whenever McDermott gets healthy, does Pop you know want to stay with trying to bring up the offense a little bit more and, and being okay with the defense that was there because they weren't bad with McDermott either. They were just a minus four point seven uh, points per one hundred. But like I said, right now it's it's, it's seventy nine possessions and, and Bates Chop just being, basically basically being able to play that lockdown defense that teams just don't want to go against. That that's showing to be a little bit more successful initially. So again, we'll mm-hmm. kind of. See uh, what happens here with with Bates Chop and McDermott's um, in that starting spot. 
Yeah. The last topic is something that Rocky just touched on here, and this is the, the issue. Uh, not an issue, but it's something that I've seen on Twitter lately. Is, is just the conversation. I've seen a few fans who basically want Eubanks not to be getting minutes anymore, and they want Thaddeus Young to be getting you know those minutes. And so um, you know, let's just talk about these two players and kind of the approach the Spurs have taken with with them and how how they're distributing their minutes and their roles. Uh, so so first, let's begin with with um, Thad Young. On offense, he's played in 16 of the 19 games, so he has had a few DNPs early on in the season. Uh, he's scoring seven points on six shots, uh, two offensive rebounds, three assists, one turnover, and 15.6 minutes. Um, 93% of his shots do come from the paint, and he's very efficient on those floaters and hooks and also on his on his layups and dunks. So he, so anytime Thad takes a shot, he's taking a good shot from a very efficient area, and, and, he, and he's being an efficient shooter when he's making them. Um, he's already been in three um, uh, crunch time games, so we do see that the coaching staff does trust him a little bit more in crunch time. He's been in three of those games. He's also very efficient when he takes shots uh, or, or moves the ball on offense because uh, we know we, we know about his passing. You know, those backdoor cut passes to his teammates have been really cool to see this year. Uh, he's four on the team amongst rotation players and points per possession when he's out there. And then when he has a few post-ups, he has 11 so far this year. And when he posts up, it's mainly to get his, his teammates, um, you know, uh, uh, to, to get them better shots. So 64% of the time that he has a post-up, he's going to pass it out. And then on defense... Um, he's very active. You know, he's just good. He's quick about moving his feet and, and kind of getting his hands in, in, in the area of, of the ball. So he's second best on the teams in deflections per 36 behind only DeJounte Murray. He's, um, and, and again, in steals per 36, he's tops. He's top on the team. Again, uh, that's per 36 minutes. And then also he's about the same in defensive field goal percentage and fouls with, with Drew Eubanks. There's not too much of a difference. And we do see in the on-off data that according to Cleaning the Glass, the Spurs are a plus 6.3 points per 100 when that is on the floor. Now, when we go to Drew Eubanks, um, we, we see that he's played in all 19 games this season, so he's been in the rotation every single night. Uh, he's scoring six points on four shot, shot attempts. Uh, he does get to the free throw line pretty, pretty much like once per game. Uh, he gets one offensive rebound, two assists, one turnover as well, and then he plays about 15.3 minutes. So we do see that when Thad plays in games, he's averaging 15.6. When Drew's in those games, uh, he's averaging 15.3. But overall, in total minutes, Drew does have the advantage there. Uh, 86% of his shots do come from the paint. Uh, he's efficient on his on his layups and dunks, those shots in the restricted area. He's not as efficient on those like floaters and jump hooks when you're when you're outside, um, you know, three or four feet. He has a little bit of trouble getting those shots. They're not they're not as efficient. And then he's also 9% of his shots do come from the mid range. He's not, he's not as efficient either from that shot. Um, he the Spurs have not played him in crunch time at all this year. So so we do see again that that, that has gotten that, that those crunch time games. Uh, and then he's um he's he's one of the lower players in the points per possession on the team. And when he posts up, 60% of the 60% of the time he's going to put up a shot on defense um kind of what rocky said there earlier was that he you know he, he's a little bit better than that in contesting shots um getting more blocks getting more defensive rebounds than that young but in the overall data we do see that the spurs are a minus 7.4 points per 100 with drew eubanks now some of that could be attributed to because he had to play a, start, a starting role for a number of games because Jakob was out but overall he is right now a minus on the floor uh so so um rocky what are your what are your thoughts on on the on these two players and are you are, are do you agree with what the coaching staff is doing by basically um, you know, continue to give Eubanks his minutes, but then giving Young those more spot up minutes or kind of you know, different minutes, but it's never as consistent. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. You know, seeing what Papa has been mm-hmm. doing. Um, he, as you know, as you mentioned, you know, Young has gotten some DNPs, but it's just crazy to see how much of a vet he is. You know, he was staying ready. So you know, last game he stood, he stood ready and got and took advantage of his opportunity. And Pop, uh, you know, Pop gave after the after the game. He you know he praised Young for that. So you know, in 13 minutes, he was able to drop 10 points, have three mm-hmm. rebounds, and two assists and a steal. And I feel like that's a good thing the Spurs have. You know. 
both both players have different skill sets to the game. You know, as as you said in the stats, you know, Eubanks is a better defender. But this is going to be interesting to see. You know, with McDermott coming back, with Vassell coming back, who's going to get less minutes? You know, how does Pop really spread those minutes out? You know, it seems that Eubanks and Young and possibly Trey Jones were the only people that were going to relatively get minutes off the bench because you see, you know, Dejounte, Keldon, Murray, and Jakob playing heavy minutes. So. And, you know, what, what? as we mentioned, what's going to happen with Bates Diop? So, you know, you can only go around with so many minutes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I see both sides, too. You know, you have Young, who's been in the league forever, and he has more of a skill set to the offense game. I mean, you have Eubanks, and relatively, you don't see him pulling up. You don't see him giving assists. He's, you know, he's that dirty player, you know, that tough-minded player that the Spurs in any team relatively needs. He does the dirty work, rebounds, you know, draws those fouls, charges, pick and roll and everything. And not saying that Thaddeus Young doesn't do that, but, you know, Thaddeus brings more to the floor. So, I mean, I think the the, the question is, you know, what what's the best thing that's going to happen for the team? What what uh, what path are they really going to? Because, you know, if you don't play Thaddeus, maybe he, he gets frustrated and, and demands a trade, but do you want to risk an injury with him, or are you trying to keep him as a piece for your future? You know, you had those trade rumors with him wanting to get Well, not him wanting to get traded, but the teams asking about that. He is young, mm-hmm. you know, like a championship contender. But, I mean... You, I feel like you, maybe the coaching staff sees Thaddeus as a, as a key to the future, that one vet they, they could have, you know, that can guide those young players on the team. Okay, yeah. So, so basically, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit. Um, you know, a little bit, a little bit different though as well. Um, you know, so just based on the way that, that they're they're putting him in the rotation, Thaddeus Young, I do think that you know, if if we had to talk about which which player is going to be here at the end of the season, it's probably going to be Drew Eubanks, and I think that's mm-hmm. why they, even though yes, um, you know. It looks like Young should be getting that, that backup five role immediately. Uh, Eubanks, I think, is going to be the player who's here more long term, and so they, I think that's why they want to keep him in the fold and continue to let him kind of develop. Whereas Thad, they're just kind of giving, you're getting him some minutes and trying to help out. But, but um, you know, I think that again, I think he's going to be in trade rumors up until that, that deadline. I think it's in February. I think it's February 10th, uh, or if not, if he doesn't get traded, well, then I think that he's definitely going to, um, you know, he could end up being a buyout candidate. So, so I think that's their approach is kind of giving Thad some some minutes, kind of keeping him uh, uh, in games. But then also, you know, trying to continue to give Eubanks that that that, that continued um, consistent role because they, they they do want to see what he turns into um, uh, um, because he's more so in that developmental mode. And so because of that conversation about you know t- trades down the line here, I, I did want to just look real quick and on an update. I know I've, I've discussed this um you know when 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 Thad Young was in training camp and also with uh, Al Farouk Amino before he got he got waived by the team was kind of like where 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 could that end up? So I'm not going to go into teams that that would have to make a, a player for player kind of trade. These are teams that have either um, trade exceptions or a team that has um, cap space to, to absorb um, Young's contract. So let's first begin with, with a few teams, and, and we'll kind of discuss and, and kind of cross some teams off the list. Um, the first one is the Boston Celtics. Um, the reason why I bring them up is because they do have a $17.1 million trade exception, so they could absorb Thad Young's $14 million salary. Uh, the way Boston would do this was they would have to waive Jabari Parker. Then uh, they'd be $18.8 million in the tax if they traded for Thad Young. Uh, they're currently six point three million over the tax. Now he is a good fit per Profit X. Like they have a model that kind of tells where, where a player would be a good fit, which teams are best for him. And, and Thad Young does fit well with the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics though aren't, aren't doing so well. They're eleven and ten out east, and they're eleventh in the East right now. They're not even in the playing game range. And so I don't know if they would want to basically go eighteen million into the tax for Thad Young. And again, I, I'm not even sure where he where he would play on the team. What are your thoughts about Boston, uh, Rocky? Uh, I mean, Boston could be a good fit. It seems that Boston's been really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it would be a good, possibly a good vet off the bench. The only weapons they really have is Tatum and Jalen Brown, as you've seen. But 
I'm, it's been real surprising seeing them struggle. You know, just this past year they were in the playoffs and they're they're rising up, and a lot of people thought they were going to take that next step. But it just seems that they regressed. But I guess looking at the whole NBA in itself, it's been surprising seeing everyone, you know, in the records. I mean, I never would yeah. have expected seeing Washington on top, you know, considering them you know, just because of their their past. But I think Boston would be a, a possible good fit. Um, I know I saw I know I saw other teams like another uh, option that from NBA Twitter saying oh I'll bring them to the Suns and that and you heard those rumors early in the year, but I, I feel like Boston could maybe be a spark for them and give them another scoring option, uh, alongside you know Jalen Brown, Tatum, and, and Smart. Yeah, so again we'll see if uh, you know Boston will want to do that, go into the tax to, to to I mean go higher into the tax more into it to, to bring in a player like that young and of course. The reason why I'm talking about these trades is because in these kind of scenarios, the Spurs would probably be um, just trading him and then getting back some sort of a draft asset, whether it's like a second-round pick uh, or, or something like that uh, in these kind of trades, and they don't have to take back a player. Then we look at another team in the situation. That's the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. Now, they can make this work because they also have a big trade exception as well, and they could basically um, – basically all they have to do is waive one player. It could be somebody like Willie Hernan Gomez or, or another player who, who's on a rookie-scale contract. Uh, they could waive one player, and then basically they'd still – and then they, they absorb uh, that young into their into their into their trade exception and they'd basically still be safe where they'd be 9.8 million dollars away from the tax so so new orleans would not be a tax team if they took it that young the thing is the pelicans are kind of like the spurs where they're kind of struggling right now they're 6 and 17 overall 14th out west um and again, I don't know if I don't know if they will want to, um, you know, bring it that young, where they already have um, Valanciunas, they already have Zion, who's going to be coming back soon. They have Brandon Ingram. Uh, what are your thoughts about New Orleans uh, if if they were to be a team that takes it that young? I mean. I, I don't know if they would really consider it, you know, like you said, you know, they're real bottom of the West, you know, well, what, what move would that really make for them? You know, Zion's coming back, but I mean, it depends on what, what direction they really want to go. Are they really pushing for the playoffs or, you know, are they really going to start rebuilding their team uh, from scratch again? I mean, even though they, they've been rebuilding since the Anthony Davis era, uh, currently, you know, you have Herbert Jones at power forward on their uh, in their lineup, and their backups are Najee Marshall, and then third, you know, Brandon Ingram. But Brandon Ingram starts at the two, obviously. But I mean, what does what does Thaddeus Young bring to that team? You know, do you do you do the Spurs even want to trade? What are they going to be gaining out of out of the Pelicans? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe the Pelicans are like, all right, let's do it, and they send a first round pick somehow, and and they continue to have poor play and and that's good for the Spurs you know we're going to get a really good high pick but I, I feel like the Pelicans are would be more smarter than that and I feel like they want to just focus on their young core that they have but also you know prepare for the future Okay, yeah, I kind of agree. I can't see New Orleans being that team either. And then the last two teams, I really don't see them making a trade for Thad Young. This is the OKC Thunder. The way they would do this to, to bring in Thad Young is they would basically waive a player, so maybe somebody like Vit Kredchi, and then they would renounce their trade exceptions. And they would they're so far under the the, the, the cap, the salary cap, the OKC that they can basically just trade trade for Thad Young. Uh, and they'd still be $20.9 million away from, from under the salary cap. Uh, he is a good fit per Profit X, but again, the, the Thunder we've seen are, are more so also in that rebuild mode where they're 6-14 and 14 right now, 13th out west, and they're basically trying to develop players, so I can't see them being a team that takes that young. And then Orlando, the same thing. Um, Orlando has a, has a big trade exception that they could absorb that young. The way they would bring him in is they'd have to waive somebody, maybe someone like Etwan Moore. They'd still be, they'd be like New Orleans where they'd be safe away from the tax with that young. They'd be $10.4 million away. But then, again, Orlando's the worst team they're four and 18 in the league uh 15th out east and they're basically trying to stay that way because they can they can end up with the number one overall pick um so do, do you have any thoughts on either of those two teams if uh, you know or, or you agree that they probably wouldn't go for that young no yeah i completely agree i mean it, it, you would have to you would have to do something to convince sam presti to give up a pick you know sam presti loves hoarding those picks and 
I don't even know what you would have to tell some press here, or you'd have to ask him every single day to just, just to annoy him, hit up a hit, help his line. Hey, man, just give me the pick. But I doubt he even considers trading the pick. And then same thing with Orlando. You know, they they don't want to win. I mean, they're not going to openly come out and say it. But I mean, they have young young stars in their team, or not even maybe you can, maybe Jalen Suggs turns into a star. But, I mean, they're not going to openly say, let's just start winning. And like I mentioned earlier, or just a little bit, I doubt Thaddeus Young wants to go to one of those teams. It made yeah. it seem like in those mm-hmm. rumors at the beginning of the season he wants to go to a contender. Or maybe it wasn't even his, it was just contenders are reaching out to him. So him going from the Spurs, you know, to a that's, all, that's you know, known for their, known for their uh, leadership, you know, their, their pride, their integrity, and one of those top teams in the whole NBA – you know, even though we're doing that, they're not doing so good. Why would you want to leave such a good situation here? Yeah, and so you know, again, I, there's more trade possibilities out there. There's there, like you're right, Rocky. Phoenix was one of the teams earlier this offseason who had interest in Young. So did so did the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and and the reason why I brought up these four teams specifically though is because these are the teams again that it makes the trade easier. Where the Spurs basically the Spurs uh, um, trade that Young and they just get the draft asset back. They don't have to take back players. The problem with matching contracts is that the Spurs' roster is already full. So when that happens, when you get into those conversations about saying, oh, let's let the, you know get two players for 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 Dad Young from from another team, that gets tough because then the Spurs have to start making decisions as well of, of who are they going to waive to even make that kind of room. Or do they waive Drew Eubanks? Do they waive Kade Bates Job? You know, do they waive Jock? Glendale. those kind of those kind of situations take place and so so again um just looking first so first so at the trade exceptions teams those are kind of the ones maybe like in january i start looking at um some teams uh that that when you, you would need to do multi multi multiple player trades so again that's kind of where i wanted to go with this conversation and one last thing on the on this note about that young and um and Drew Eubanks is that I think this is the reason why Jock Landale is not quite getting the minutes yet and why Spurs fans might, might need to be a little bit more patient to see Jock. I think that until, you know, until they know, uh, until we know that the, the, uh, Thad Young's going to be on the team or not long term, uh, we won't know where, where, where Landale's minutes are coming from. So basically what I'm saying here is like, let's just say they trade him within the next, you know, month. If that happens, well, then all of a sudden that, 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 that backup five behind Eubanks now, that becomes Jock Landale's spot to start getting minutes. All those minutes that Thad Young just left available. And then, um, you know, or, or let's say that, you know, the trade deadline gets here February, uh, the, the Spurs don't find a, a team for him, but uh, but they want to you know buy, buy out that Young's contract. That way he can go play with the contender, try to chase a ring. Well, then again, it, it might take to like February, March, and then they you know they waive him, and then and then you can see maybe uh, Lando start competing with the Dubanks for those minutes. So again, I think that Jock's situation is going to basically stay this kind of the same, where he's just not going to play a lot unless it's like a blowout. Um, or, or if there's like an injury or something happens, uh, because right now, you know, Young and, and Eubanks are kind of, uh, jostling for that backup center position. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I, I think that his minutes are coming from. Do you, do you have a, do you agree with that or do you have a different opinion? No, I, I mean, I completely agree with that, you know, but mm-hmm. when, when Spurs, when Spurs fans hear that, they're, they're going to be super upset, you know, <laughs> you know, you know how Spurs fans and Spurs Twitter can be, you know, they get super mm-hmm. impatient. They want things happening now. And. I mean, everyone thought that Jock was going to get those minutes. You see him shooting the three, and that's that's one of their problems. The, the team has they, they're so they're so inefficient from the three point line, and you know Doug McDermott coming back is going to help them a lot. But I mean, the only pe- two people that are shooting at a relatively good rate this season has been Doug McDermott and Vassell. You know, mm-hmm. none, none of the rest of the squad has been really shooting su- such a, such good. Uh, at a good rate, so people are like, well, maybe Jock can solve the problem. Maybe a uh, Bryn Forbes can solve the problem, but just their inconsistent play doesn't really help them. But I mean, Thaddeus Thaddeus can is a good player, and I mean, it's just relatively 
up to Pop and how he really de- devotes the minutes everywhere and how he's really going to take this team. You know, what, does he give the minutes more to the young guys and maybe honors uh, pray, honors young and say, hey, you know, we're going to trade you and just go through a young approach or are we pushing to the playoffs? You know, who knows what the team's going to do? And I guess Spurs fans just have to be patient of what really what's going to come. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, and, and you know, you're slowly starting to see as well. Josh Primo starting to get some actual real minutes here, where he's been playing like in second quarters and third quarters, and and so, but but they're also still developing him because they're sending him to like Austin, so like he's not going to be available for that game against Portland because he'll be he'll play with he'll be playing with the Austin Spurs on that night. All right, so um, before we exit before we end uh, end this episode, don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs.com. Spurscast listeners, uh, latest up on the site, we have um, uh, Colin Reed's back. He has his latest piece is called "The Spurs Breakout Candidates Check In on One Month." Uh, Check in on yeah one month and so he's basically looking at how um, Devin Vassell, how Keldon Johnson, and uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth have been progressing um, after the first month of the season, um, and then uh, Benjamin Bornstein's getting ready for the draft here in a few months uh, with his prospect watching series. Uh, this one's about Chet Holmgren. So again, right now because the Spurs are actually doing better, they're having more success. They're getting further away from 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 being in, in position to draft Ch- Chet Holmgren. But it's a long season. There's still you know so, so many games left. So if if they do end up having a bad season win wise, well then that that's going to help them in, in, in getting some a player like Chet Holmgren. So if you want to read uh, Ben's profile on Chet Holmgren, make sure you check out um, projectspurs.com thanks to rocky for joining me here on the spurs cast also thanks to michael de leon for mixing and producing this episode from also from all of us at project spurs stay safe and have a great day Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.